All right. Hey, everybody. This is the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Um, super awesome. This is episode 56. We have a great, great guest for you, uh, Jax Williams. Um, and as always, if you're looking to follow us, it's at The Real Apex Vaulting on Instagram, and we're Apex Vaulting on Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and even LinkedIn now. Um, so, you know, just check us out. And if you're, you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at apexvaulting at gmail.com, or you can just shoot me a DM on Instagram. A lot of people uh, hit me up there. Um, for those of you that don't know, Jax, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, give a little bit about your background, um, when you started vaulting maybe, talk a little bit about your college experience, because what I want to get into, and we were just talking about it, is you're getting your PhD this year, and you're still jumping at a super high level. I, I don't even know how you, you manage that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, a little bit about me is I was a 10-foot-9 vaulter in high school, and I wasn't going to go to college, I'll be honest, but then someone approached me and was like, I they're like, I really want to see you vault in college, and that's when I applied to a college, and okay. one thing led to another where I went to Grand Valley State University, where I got my bachelor's degree in chemistry, Okay, and then I also in- improved my PR to about 12-9. Wow. And then, so I graduated Grand Valley, and I jumped with Kristen Hickson, so we had a great, like, you know, I saw her just soar over 14 feet, and, like, yeah. saw her transition, and right. I was sitting here, I was like, man, like, I'm keeping up with her on these workouts, and all this other stuff, but I had this desire to clear 13 feet, because I never yeah. did, so right, that's, like, right, my right. one goal, so I had one year of eligibility, I already applied to grad schools, you know, used that whole grad school process, went to Purdue University, now entering my fifth year, which is crazy to say. Yeah. But I emailed the coach and I I asked him, I was like, do you have walk-ons? Because this is my PR and I would love to just walk on the team. Yeah, yeah. And he instantly called me back, gave me summer workouts, and it was, you know, I just started to just keep training because that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to quite give it up. Mm-hmm. And then within that first year of college, I was over like 13 and I just it just opened this door to like division two versus division one versus like the tools and the the training and just the high like high intensity. It wasn't really the divisions, it was more of my mindset moving forward. Yeah, well, well, it's it's interesting, yeah. you know, like you know, now your you know your lifetime best uh, is four forty, and uh, for people who don't know metric, it's fourteen five and a quarter, I think. Um, and you, like you said, the mindset thing is huge. Like you said, you you were training along with uh, Kristen Hickson, right? And what's her lifetime best again? Do you know? Her lifetime best now, I believe, is uh, four sixty five. So what is that? Fifteen three. Yeah, fifteen three. Yeah, so I'm assuming, yeah. It's amazing. Like like you said, like you start training with someone who's jumping higher, and if all of a sudden, like you said, you're like you're doing the same things in workouts and you see how high they jump it it starts to open your mind to the possibilities you know and i I feel like that's super super you know important you know because sometimes just knowing that it's possible is the first step and and you know hearing your story you know so how did you go from maybe not going to college to now you're getting your phd i mean how did that that happen that transition I'm a very fortunate background to have a lot of uh, money, so I didn't know how I was going to afford college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew I wanted to go, so I was thinking about going to community college. Mm-hmm. A little bit of backstory is I was already attending community college while I was in high school, 
Okay. So when I was going to graduate high school, I almost had enough credits, about like 60 or so, to have an associate's degree. Wow. And so I was just going to continue on that process, trying to figure out what I wanted. At that time, I was aspiring to be a vet. I just mm-hmm. loved animals, and I was shot yeah. and doing all that that I thought I wanted to do. But it was just one of those things you just know. Right. Because you know, I didn't make that decision yet. And if I'm going to make, if I'm making a decision, I'm the type of person who is not just 50%, and I'm 120% dived in. Like, once right. I've made that decision, I'm stubborn, I'm going after it. Yeah. And so, that's what kind of happened is, I'm sitting there, I was like, one of my last track meets, and I'm like, okay, I'm not really going to college, so I was like, maybe I'll go to Wayne State University, it's a great, like, university, or maybe I'll just stay at McCall. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to another. I applied to freaking everywhere. Colorado was one place I really wanted to go to because mm-hmm. the vet school. And then yeah. Grand Valley, Michigan, Michigan State. I did all of these schools. And then I was instantly, automatically looking at the track and field program. Right. And their chemistry programs. And I was trying to figure out how I could do, get a degree and do all these things. And the brain just rolled and one thing led to another. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's, I, I hope, you know, for people who listen, because regardless of who I've had on the podcast, you know, again, mindset is so huge. I mean, like you said, like maybe you didn't come from a super fortunate background, but you had this idea in your head of what you wanted to do and what you wanted to accomplish. And it's just amazing to hear that you've gone above and beyond, you know, and I I think if people really want something, they just have to really fight for it and figure out how to get themselves in in the right position. You know, I mean, and it took effort. I mean, like you you said, you applied everywhere, you know, you were, and you were taking the time to look through because I find it amazing sometimes with athletes that I coach at the club, like when they're looking quote unquote, looking for a college, they don't always put in that much time. Like when they come to me and ask, Hey, where do you think I can jump? It's like, well, I'm like, well, where did you look? And they might have one or two colleges that they even looked at and they didn't really even look at the track programs yet. You know, it's like, it's amazing if you really want something, how much effort you can put in and what you can discover are the possibilities. Oh yeah. I definitely agree with that. Like every aspect of my life right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I, so how how did you like your undergrad school? How did you end up picking that? Like, what what was it that stuck out for you that made you pick your undergrad uh, college? Um, I was really fortunate to have some great professors while I was in high school because I was mm-hmm. taking you know organic chemistry when I was in high school. I was right. at the college, and that one on one interaction with the professor is kind of what. I wanted to stay away from the really big universities because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get washed away. And I knew I needed, I didn't need like help as a setting. I knew I just needed those mentors. Right. Without, like looking back on it, I, I just knew I needed to aspire to have those communications, to be able to go to those professors and have them know my name and kind right. of know who I was. And, you know, Grand Valley was kind of perfect for me, to be honest, because mm-hmm. the class sizes were small. I ended up, it was still in-state tuition, so I wanted to stay in Michigan, because I'm mm-hmm. from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. And I didn't want to pay that extra out-of-state uh, fines, right. and so I was like, small school, class sizes are small, I got all these scholarships to pay, so I pretty much like cleaned out the price, like, okay, I'm only paying room and board. I was like, I can make this work. I'll take out loans, I'll figure it out, and, you know, I'm going to do this, and 
next thing you know, it was like one thing led to another. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and and it's really like, you know, I, I think what's great about your story too is like, uh, you know, you really looked at all angles because I, you know, I had uh, Chris Allison on the podcast uh, a while back. He's a club coach in Texas and he tells me, he's like, man, Bronco, he goes, you know, a lot of times these kids, if they're not, if not, they're not jumping high enough to go to Texas, you know, like Texas Longhorns, he goes, oh, well, they just go to Texas anyway and they just don't jump. But it's like you could really find, not just for pole vault, but like you said, even the classroom setting, what's more appropriate for you. Because like you said, I, I think mentorship is huge. I, I think a lot of the reasons why I'm in the place I am in my life is because I always found great mentors to help guide me and give me great advice, you know, to get to each step of my life. And sometimes kids, like, they almost get caught up, like, you know, they want to be able to tell people they're going to the, you know, really fancy school. I, I almost think of it like the handbag mentality. You know, it's like you want to make sure everybody knows you got a Louis Vuitton bag. But it's like you want to know that you you have that school that's appropriate for you that's going to that's gonna help you grow into the person you want to be as an adult, you know? Yeah, no, it, it's true. It doesn't matter if it's college, your degree, if it's... My when I was applying to grad school, it came down to my project. That whole mentality is applied to not even just school, but training. And yeah, it's been it's been interesting. You you have to look at it from all angles. And so, if anyone asks me advice on, hey, I, I don't know how to pick a major, you know, this and that. Well, if you remember ten minutes ago, I told you I wanted to be a vet. Yeah, and for a couple years, I'm not a vet. I'm yeah. a chemist. Right, and, but I picked the degree that I knew that would hypothetically apply to getting me to that school. Or right. if I wanted to be, you know, a chemist, it could get me into grad school for a PhD. And so I picked that degree that had multiple paths once I finished it. But right. I had to get to school, pay for it, then get the degree before I could open those doors. Right. But I knew those doors existed, and that's where, in high school, I knew that they were there. But I was like, how do I get there? was more of an issue, like, okay, got to go to college. Okay, yeah. got to find the money. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and, you know, an, another thing, too, to kind of bring it back to track, it's like, you know, you want to find a situation that's good for you. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times, you know, kids want to be able to say that they made it onto a D1 track team, but if they're not at that level, they're probably, like, just like you said about the classroom, they're probably not going to get the attention that they need on a D1 program because they might be, like, bit, hardly on the team, you know? Whereas if they choose maybe a smaller D1 school or D2 or D3, it's like now you're going to actually get instruction. You're actually going to matter to the team, and it might be a better setting for you you know it's just everybody has to see what's a better fit for them it's you know where we sometimes you know i get it you know you jump the gun you just you want to kind of impress people but at the end of the day you want to be happy and you have to pick what's going to work for you you know oh for sure honestly if i look back at high school jacqueline there's no way i would have made it at a division one school i was not physically ready to do those lifts i was not ready like technically and mm -hmm. mentally yeah like knowing that the program and the growth that occurred during the three years of undergrad and training with Lou was something that you know I'll always hold very dear to my heart because maybe mm -hmm. I, you know maybe I probably would have made it up to my feet but like 
what if I wouldn't have? What if I would have got cut because I was that 10-foot vaulter in the beginning? And right. I, you know, in order to make the travel squad, you have to jump 12, 13 feet. Right. That means I wouldn't have got those opportunities to jump and right. compete to really grow where I had those opportunities in Division 2. Yeah. The greatest thing about, like, you know, going when I competed at Reno is, like, talking to all those girls and when they're comparing each other. And, like, I love saying, like, hey... I'm not there yet. I'll be honest, but I'm going to let you know that I started from the bottom. Right. You know, my path might be a lot longer than a lot of other athletes, but I'm still going. I'm still shoving right. my way through. Yeah. There's one of these girls that came and cried, and I was like, don't cry. Keep your head up and let's go. Like it's gonna be fine. I'm here for you. <laughs> you yeah. Can do it. Yeah. Well, and and it is a long road. I, I I feel like anything worthwhile is not gonna be easy. You know, you've got to really work for it. You got to keep chipping away. And you know, I think for for people who are listening to this, I mean, you know, amazing. You know, the fact that you know you were you, you were a ten ten nine vaulter in high school, and now you're at fourteen five. But it goes to show that with great effort, you know, and and having that mindset of to continue through deal with maybe even setbacks sometimes that you can, you can get a lot further along. Um, what are like, you know, we were talking before we started the podcast, like what are you thinking like some of the more difficult things, like jumping kind of like without a team, you know, we were talking about like schedule meets and stuff like that. What, what do you think are, are the difficult points with that? Um, without a team, honestly, I think, one of the biggest difficulties that I've kind of had to go about was two things. I ran out of poles. Yeah. I didn't have any poles. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really jump if, you know, you don't have poles. Right. But another thing was, uh, I don't really have troubles with training facilities. I'm very honored and blessed to be able to use Purdue at any time mm-hmm. I want. And yeah. And that that's thankful. But, like, not having access to a coach when I'm actually jumping was probably my biggest uh, struggle. Yeah. Is that I have help through a phone, is that I would video and record things and send them over. And then, mm-hmm. so I struggled with that last year, or, yeah, about, about last year, year and a half, and that's when I went over to train with Brian Crowell down at the University of Illinois. Okay. And I would drive that hour and a half, and I would jump just to get a set of eyes on me. Right. And, you know, at that, before I went to Brian, my PR was, you know, 14.3. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to him, it, like, increased a couple inches. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, like, I'm fired, Brian. I can't drive anymore because I have to write a thesis. Right. And now I'm just, like, I'm experiencing those same battles of, like, the mental battles of when you're training alone and jumping alone. I'm like, okay, can I do this? Or what do I do? And I start to overthink that. And so now I'm just like, okay. What do I know how to do? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, I think you bring up a lot of good points, and I, I you know, I find it with a lot of my uh, club kids who end up going to colleges where, I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard these stories. It's like you get recruited, you get there, and then the coach leaves. You know, um, you know, or I get a lot of kids that are recruited. They're told they will have a pole vault coach, and then they never get one. You know, and so it's like it becomes difficult. I mean, when you don't have someone there watching, like. Forget about even jumping, just your drills, right? Like your pole runs, like nobody watching your pole runs. You could easily fall into the trap of kind of going through the motions and you, you don't see that something little is falling apart. Like maybe you're starting to like, uh, you know, run with poor posture. Maybe you're not planting on time, you know, whatever. And it's like little by little things start to get a little bit more raw, you know, and then not fine tuned, not dialed in. 
and you don't know what what it is, you know, because it's hard when you're when you're jumping without anybody watching you, you know. Yeah. No, I I don't disagree. <laughs> but then there's also the opposite effect where you're too like you're too focused on all those little things that sure yeah start to overthink things, and so there's like both sides of the spectrum where you just go through the motions and do the workout where you don't even drill anymore, and you're just like, well, I did my running a couple more runs. Why am I not improving? Right. Uh, yeah. You're not improving because sometimes you just take a little longer to put the pieces together. But right. I feel like without having that coach, it takes people longer mm-hmm. because the coach says, hey, do this, and you're more likely to fix it. It's like you're fast-tracking. You know, you're putting pieces together as a team. Right. Like that's one of the biggest struggles. And I think no matter what, if you know your sport and you become a student of your sport, you will excel, but then don't be afraid to reach out to club teams. Yeah. Reach out to the people you don't know because I've been that this year. I'm like, hey, you don't know me, but here's my number. I'm gonna call you. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so well, it's my greatest contact for that way. Yeah. Well, you know, and it and it's interesting. Like I, I feel like a lot of times, like I've talked to people who, you know, we've discussed certain athletes, and it's like someone's a post collegiate. I'm like, look, after if you can get through the first like year and a half, almost where you can kind of figure out a system for yourself, I feel like then people do a lot better. But it's that tough part of, like, going from, let's say, a team where you have a coach all the time to now having to figure out a system, whether you go to a club or you maybe FaceTime with a coach or whatever, send video and then back and forth. It's like figuring out that system is, is very difficult for people, but it's something that you have to figure out to, to kind of make it work, you know? Yeah, I agree, especially with going from college to, even though I'm still here, the whole lifting schedule is completely different because instead of lifting in the morning three days a week, I'm like, okay, so I can't go in the morning, so I have to go in the evening. Oh, right. no, now I have to go to the rec center and wait for the spot. What's wrong? I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, well, yeah, even little things like that, it it is crazy because it's like it's different than being in the regular weight room with the other athletes and, you know, everybody lifting together. And now how about forget about the timing or waiting for the squat rack. How about now you have to be self-motivated and push yourself through a workout, even though you're working on your thesis paper or even though you have lab experiments, Uh you know, so talk about. Talk about that more. Like, how how do you juggle that? I mean, this, you know, again, you're not like a, uh, and listen, I was an English major myself. I was an English teacher. And it's like, but you clearly have a way uh, tougher major being in chemistry and getting your PhD than just being an English major or something else. How how do you juggle that? Like, how, how do you manage that? And did you maybe struggle at a certain point? And what did you do to figure it out? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's always because struggle, I'll be honest, but that's just because I'm always trying to fit in as much as I can, mm-hmm. and so honestly, the best thing that I could talk about is that every single year or every semester, I would just add on a little more, so like my first year in grad school, I wasn't in lab, mm-hmm. and so I just had classes, and I was on the team collegiately, and I was training and traveling and learning the system of Purdue Athletic on top of grad school. Yeah. Second year made the choice. It was the Olympic year. I was like, okay, I'm a 13 3 vaulter. Can I jump the standard? I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's when I PR'd by like a foot and some change and, nice. you know, kept the same schedule. So in lab was hindering a little bit where, you know, I wasn't putting in as much hours as I needed to. So mm-hmm. that was probably where I failed, I'll be honest, where I was like, okay, I'm going to work from 9 a.m., 
to three, then I'm going to go practice from three to six, okay, I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to come back to lab at like eight, and I'm going to work until ten, and I would do it again. Right. And then I realized, okay, that wasn't a lot of hours, I'm not progressing in lab, great, missed the standard, however, there's four years for the next cycle, still yeah. in grad school, but you know, I was like, you know what, I'm doing this. Made that yeah. final choice, then just refined my lab hours. Mm-hmm. Week, I had to like pull away from the system of Purdue. I couldn't go at three o'clock anymore. I right. couldn't hit those weights at eight. And yeah. so I just fine tuned my schedule. I'm like, okay, if I'm in lab from nine AM to six PM, it's just lab. No pull, no nothing. Train yeah. your brain to just focus on your chemistry. Because in lab, a lot of listeners out there, what I'm talking about lab is you're doing experiments, but it's like you're cooking all the time. You can only cook so many chickens in a day. <laughs> think about if you chicken burn. You know, so now you yeah. can't use that chicken because it's burned, so you gotta throw it out and do it again. It takes right. time. Yeah. The reaction in chemistry doesn't take 30 minutes. Some of my reactions are three days, 30 minutes, an hour. So you have to be in lab in order to get progress and results. Right. So that's what I've done. And then I go to the track at six to nine. So I have wow. to run. I have to run my 800 meters to like turn off my brain. Right, <laughs> turn right. Turn off from lab. Yeah. Make that transition. Be mentally present in my practice. Okay, this is my sheet. This is what I have. Okay, yeah. this is my goal. I have to write it out so I don't think about it. And then just be very mentally in tune of I can't get a lot of reps in, so I have to make these the best reps possible. Right. I do a lot of like quality over quantity. Right. And then I go back to lab at 9, and I pretty much work until about 11 when I get in trouble as when my stuff doesn't work. <laughs> right. get to, like, midnight. Yeah. And then a lot of the struggles before this schedule that I have now is that I would push work until I would, my practice was on later. So I push work until, like, 2, 3 a.m., and I was wow. like, it destroyed me because then I stopped sleeping. Yeah. Like, okay, this isn't right. I would love to conquer the world and build Rome right now, but I had to make a choice. I had to sacrifice. Okay, so I can't do this. I can't do that. As in, I can't go out to hang out with dinners with my friends or go to this. Like, but this is what I want. I want to train. I want to do these things, and this is my choice. This is my life. And that was the choice that I made. Yeah, I just said (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. So I mean, you know. For people listening, they're probably like, they can't even believe your schedule. They're, they're literally, people are like falling out of chairs. Cause, but the thing is, like you said, like, you have to be careful because, like, okay, especially as an athlete, ne- never mind doing stuff in the lab. You can't be falling asleep in the lab. But it's like, as an athlete, you know, pole vault is so central nervous system intensive. Like, you can't be foggy. And if you're not getting sleep, your central nervous system is not going to recover properly. And so it's like that that's detrimental. You know, you, you have to figure out that balance where you're getting enough sleep. And, I mean, even the social stuff. I mean, look, like, obviously, like, if you're a partier or something and you got to go crazy all the time, you're probably not going to be the best athlete. You're definitely not going to be good as a PhD major. But you do have to have that time to unwind to be able to talk to friends, like vent maybe a little bit. Just Because I know even for me as a coach, there was one point where coaching the club, I would basically start a practice at 10 a.m. and coach to like midnight 
and that would every day I would be like coaching straight oh, through wow. and then trying to squeeze in some business stuff like around like lunch like uh like maybe like two o'clock I would be trying to fit in like you know going to the bank taking care of paperwork emailing people back calling people back blah 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 and then like four thirty practice starts again and like go till like midnight and it was just like there was a point where like you said it's like I just was not getting enough sleep. I wasn't taking care of myself. Like that was when I was like really out of shape. I was like 190 pounds, no muscle, you know, and I just, I felt terrible about myself and I had to like kind of figure out a different schedule, you know, and kind of like make things work differently. Cause even just like, man, I was like, I'm down to like one or two friends and I see them once in a while, you know, like once a month would be big. And it's like, I feel like you got to be able to juggle stuff where it's like, you do have that time to maybe like go grab dinner with a friend, talk about the week, you know, unwind a little bit. Cause otherwise you just start, I, I feel like you start flatlining, you know, your, your production is just not good. Like, and I knew even for myself, just my coaching enthusiasm wasn't as high as it should be because I was just worn out, you know? Oh yeah. And it's, it, there's a couple of things that you brought up and I mean, without these struggles, I wouldn't know what my limits are. I yeah. wouldn't know that, like, okay, like, if I know I feel like X, Y, Z, then I can't do, you know, maybe pole things away is not the greatest thing. Because mm-hmm. we all would love to get that, that workout sheet, and you would follow it to a key, and right. results would be there, and you PR all the time. But, you know what, we're human. And one thing you have to notice, your diet, your your social life, your your rest, your recovery phase, even if you're not recovering or even if you're not sleeping, sometimes what I do is I turn my phone off and mm-hmm. I take my dog for a walk and I just walk and no connection, no nothing. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to think about my synthesis. I don't want to think about my PhD. Yeah. I don't even care. The sky is blue. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to factor those things, those, those, that time in. As much as I would love to say, like, I'm here 9 a.m. to, you know, 12, like, no midnight. I most likely am, but there's times where I wake up, I'll be honest, and it's 10 a.m., and I just roll out of bed. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm late for laugh. Yeah. I know, I don't stress because I know my body needed it. Yeah. And I'm going to get my work done in lab because I've learned to kind of roll with the punches and know this is how much I need to get accomplished today, and okay, like, let's go. I'm just way more efficient. I don't take coffee breaks, I don't do whatever until my stuff's done. And yeah. then if I mentally need a break or if I mentally need to go call a couple of my friends, like, okay, I just need to talk to you right now. Right. <laughs> then, I, then I'll take that time. But yeah, so I... You know what's funny when when you're a high achieving person and kind of like type A personality, I, I get totally what you're saying. Like if there's like on the workout sheet it says you know whatever five sets of this, this many reps, and these are the weights. It's like I know. It's like you you'll kill yourself to hit those numbers. You know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and but the th- the thing that I feel like you know and and you're bringing it up, you have to cut yourself some slack. I don't know. I don't know if you know who Gary V is. He's this like entrepreneur guy, and he talks like kind of very like motivational stuff but one of the things he, he talks about is like stop judging yourself you know like you said if you wake up a little bit late it's because you probably needed the sleep you know listen to your body you know and and if you're working hard you have to be able to cut yourself some breaks and and just you know I like I said I feel like you always have to figure out your schedule if it's not working then you got to figure out what what needs to be moved and and you can only fit so many things in a day 
you know? Like, I, I feel like for me, this time of year, I mean, there's so many meets. Like, I, I want to look back after the indoor season's done and just kind of put out, like, how many meets have been coached by Apex coaches and how many practices, because the number's going to be crazy. It's not going to even be believable. But it's like, I, I feel like every day feels like two or three days. So it's like, look, if I miss something, you know, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. And I have to cut myself that break because like, like you said, I think that's the hardest thing is like, you have such high expectations of yourself. So it's like, you want to get everything done, but sometimes you, you gotta, you gotta just give yourself a little bit of a break, you know? Oh yeah. That was, that probably took me a lot longer to learn. <laughs> times where I'd be leaving lab and I would, you know, take a mental note of everything that was accomplished and pushed forward, and I realized that I'd still be at a standstill and my project did not go forward. It actually went backwards because I lost material and I would get so upset. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the pole vault then, like, oh, I didn't have the greatest practice. And then it was just the kind of, it kind of went like a downhill from there. And right. I mean, without having that initial experience and having that thought process and being so hard on myself, I wouldn't have learn to let it go. Right. <laughs> just be like, you know, this is fine. Like, this is the amount of work that I did today. But that's fine because tomorrow's a new day and I'm gonna, I get to wake up and I get to try again and I can be better tomorrow. Yeah. And that's all that matters to me. And that's honestly probably the best, like, as far as anything went is once I made that switch, mm-hmm. it was so much better at lab and so much better on the track. And for me, they're so tight, like, tight, like, related to yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, It kind of sucks, but <laughs> kind of... Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. You care yeah. about them both. You know, when you care about something, that's what happens. I mean, uh, in Reno, you know, like we had a uh, conversation on the, on the bus ride back from the arena. And, you know, I had asked you how you did, you know, and... Um, you know, you mentioned you know heighted, but the thing is, like, when you took into account, like, what you were telling me about your training and stuff like that, I mean, you know, you actually didn't have that bad of a day. Yeah, you know heighted, but you blew through, you know, you, you got on some, some bigger poles and just blew through, and it can't be that bad, and, and I gave you the one analogy, I was like, look, it's kind of like, think about a relationship. No matter how much two people love each other, you know, it, it, you know, you can be married, I'm sure every once in a while you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my God, I can just punch this person in the face. But, but the thing is, if, if you really care about them and, you know, you really care about lab, you really care about pole vault, yeah, there's going to be tough days, but, you know, you, you just find a way to keep going and do the best that you can sometimes. And in the long term, I feel like that's how you get results is being able to keep chipping away and keep going even through the bad days. Cause I, I, man, I can't tell you how many athletes, you know, I've seen or encountered where, you know, they, they let bad days crush them and it, and it ends up, they, they walk away from the sport because they can't deal with the bad days. And the thing is, everybody knows how to handle a PR, knowing how to handle a no height or knowing how to handle a rough day or a rough season. That goes a lot further because if you can just hang in there, that that's going to make a big big difference. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like I, it's even hard for me to this day. Is you know, I jumped fourteen five, and ever since then, I didn't just jump fourteen five like once. Like I was every single like meet or practice, I was always over fourteen or fourteen yeah. four, fourteen five. Like I kept right. hitting it, hitting it, and then so after the trials, then. I, you know, 
train switched, you know, lab load got more, and mm-hmm. it was like I have been struggling to hit that consistent mark again, but I was also committed to changing my ball. Right. And so kind of had to go down, and then, you know, I barely struggled over 14 feet at internationals last year, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like, what is going on? Like, I'm stronger, I'm faster. Okay, I was like, well, what's my nutrition like? I'm like, well, I'm definitely not maximizing it then this summer. And mm-hmm. the commitment for nutrition took it a little too far and lost a little bit too much weight. I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I never thought I would say that in my life. Yeah, yeah. And so, and for all the listeners out there, it's probably one of my most difficult years, but it's just one of those things that I'm very committed to the lows, and I know that once my spikes come off and I leave that track, if I'm upset, I, I don't sit there and... Like, I'll be honest, sometimes I cry. That's fine, I'm a girl. You know, Listen, point, point I've seen plenty do, of guys cry, but, too. There's nothing wrong with crying. It's fine. Yeah. But if I make a mistake or if I don't have that, the day that I expected I was going to, I thank God that I didn't have that day. Yeah. I didn't fail today. I had a 60% day, but I maximized that 60% I was, you know, capable of doing today. Yeah. I hit, you know, this many reps. That was three reps that... I didn't think I was going to do. Yeah. And so it's just, I try and pull positive out as much as I can, but mm-hmm. I also embrace the challenges of like, you know what? I don't feel very good today. I didn't sleep very well. What can I accomplish when I'm in this state, but what can I be smart about it? Okay, right. today, I was supposed to jump today. It was six left approach. I took about three jumps, blew through my poles a couple of them, but the fourth one, I hit a wall. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Mentally, I don't know what's going on. I tried to do what my sports bike and everyone has been training me to do. Couldn't do it, and I had to go to the fly box. I was like, right. okay, um, fly box day for me. And I tried to put myself in a situation to still improve, yeah. accept the failure, not a failure, but accept that challenge that I couldn't get off the ground anymore. Right. And then you know, how can I improve in a different direction? If I'm not going to jump on the runway, I still need reps. Okay, doing fly box. But that's something that I have to do. <laughs> right, right. So. And and yeah, I mean, look, like, you know, not every day is going to be like the top best day ever, but you got to you got to figure out ways to make it work, whether it's like change the how many lefts you're going from, change the pole, change the drill or like you you did, just go off the runway, you know, and 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 work on your approach or something. You know, it's like you have to be creative and be able to change things. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times people, it's like that fall in a rut, whether that's like you said in your studies or it's, uh, you know, pole vault related. It's like you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting magic to happen. You know, you, you have to be able to make a change in order to get a different result, you know? So it, it, it to, to me, I mean, like that's super, super important. Like I, I hope that, you know, when people listen to this podcast, they can hear from you like, some good ideas of like, you know what? Like just, you have to figure it out. You have to figure it out. If something's not working, let's make a change and keep it moving, you know, and, and focus on what you did do, what you could accomplish that day and not focus on what you didn't do. Cause I, I feel like that's an easy, easy pitfall that people fall into. They focus so much on what they didn't accomplish, but they don't give themselves the credit of what they did get done. And even what you said earlier is super important if you don't fail every once in a while, you don't know what your limits are. 
you don't know what you're actually capable of. Like every once in a while, you have to kind of overreach a little bit and see where that limit is, you know? Oh, for sure. And going back to what you just said, it's kind of funny in lab when I'm doing my reactions. I'm doing things that I've never done before. Like I'm creating molecules that have never been made. Everything is novel and things in the pool. I'm pushing my body to a place it's never been. Right. Honestly, like this year's probably the hardest year I've trained at this level because mm-hmm. I'm following this cycle with my coach and I. And we kicked it up a notch, and so for me, I'm like, okay, it makes sense that every Thursday I'm dying because on Wednesdays like max velocity work that I've never done before. Right. But I can see the benefits of my running and my posture, and my mechanics. But the same thing in lab when I fail, my reaction doesn't work over and over, and I'm you know hitting it with the same stuff. I'm not gonna hit, I'm not gonna treat it with that same compound. You know what I'm gonna yeah. do? I just failed like five times through. I'm gonna make starting material because I know that works, and I've done that many times. Yeah. Same thing on the track. Believe it or not, is I run through like two times. You know what I have to do? I have to just pick up my goal and just run. Yeah. I don't count my left. I don't think about my posture. I don't think about anything. I just feel and run with the pole. And then I start to laugh because I just, I enjoy it. Yeah. I remember that I enjoy running with the pole <laughs> and like walking again. <laughs> yeah. Which is my little thing, but yeah. it's just, they all kind of interlap. We yeah. kind of give ourselves a little bit more credit than we, than we do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, look, that's awesome. And I, I think that, you know, people can take a lot of lessons from this and, and understand like what it really takes to push yourself, you know? Um, I know we were talking to earlier in the podcast, so you, you know, you're fit, you're wrapping up your PhD this year. Um, and you know, you got, you're super pumped. You were telling me you got a job offer, uh, but tell people also like, because you're telling me like you're looking at every place you might end up working uh, region wise and you're you're trying to find a club that you can go to right oh yeah <laughs> so yeah. What, so may, maybe go through like kind of like the blueprint of what your expectations are for the the next level you know i mean you'll be working full time what are you trying to piece together as far as training too yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to my goals. And mm-hmm. so I have, based on the last couple of years, opened a lot of doors for me, like knowing what I'm capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And so with the PhD in chemistry, I, can, I could have chose to go to academia. I could have chose to continue at the, you know, in a lab and working these really long hours, but, you know, six days a week. Well, you know, about 70 plus hours right now, and mm-hmm. as much as I'd love to do that, it's hard yeah. training. So I'm actually going to work for a company known as BASF, mm-hmm. and they're in, an industrial chemical company. However, they kind of strive for that smaller workload, mm-hmm. <laughs> as in maybe about 40 hours a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just going to be a better training situation and a commitment that I'm willing to make. Mm-hmm. And so with this company, they're located everywhere. And so I pulled up every single location that I could possibly look for, and I have it in my notebook. And I have written next to it, like, three different clubs. I have the driving distances, and <laughs> I, I've done that for every single, every single location. Because That's awesome. in this company, the first two years, I potentially have to rotate every nine months. So I can be... In nine, 
or like I could be in three different locations. Or let's say hypothetically I go to Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. I can move twenty minutes down the road for an hour away. Right. I have found every situation. Not that I should have gone that far above and beyond. <laughs> I want to make this work, and that's yeah. my weakest link of my training right now. Is I train by myself. Yeah. I run by myself. I lift by myself, and I know that if I want to get to that next level. Me as a person, the Walter that I am, needs a little more help as I need a coach, hands on, eyes on, with me. Well, I, I, everyone I, has that situation. Yeah. That's what I need. <laughs> I, I think also too, you know, that's something that maybe some people don't talk enough about is like training partners are huge. So it's like not only a coach, but if you if you end up at a club where you know you got some training partners, some people that are going to be in the squat rack next to you or on the runway with you, jumping and and pumping you up, that that really really helps, you know. And I think again, it's just amazing, you know. I remember meeting you, you know, in December at the USPVA meeting and just talking to you then and talking to you in Reno. You are so on top of everything, you know. It's like. And I hope that people here, it's like, wow, she's really prepared. No matter where she ends up, she's already got a list of places to call to make sure that she's in a good training situation. And, you know, I, I think that's the awesome part about you, Jackson. I, I hope that a lot of people out there listening who want to jump higher or just want to jump higher, that they realize, like, you've got you've to gotta put in that, that extra effort. That's really what takes you from point A to point B is all that effort. And that's... A, you know, what's going to make you successful, you know, in your job, in your jumping, you know, in life in general is that, man, you're really doing the legwork and you're really prepared and you're putting a lot of effort in. And I think that that goes a long, long way. Well, thanks. I mean, you just got to go after what you want. And I mean, for me, if I ever struggle or let's say I had a bad day, I just remember, you know, the person in high school. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a lot of opportunities. But it wasn't the fact that I didn't have opportunities. I just wasn't aware. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that I could go to college or I didn't know that I could pull balls. And now I have, I didn't even know clubs existed when I was in high school. Right. I also didn't know that there is an indoor season for track and field. Right. So, when I yeah. got to the collegiate level and you meet your new team, you're like, wait a second, you guys jump year round? Yeah. I'm like, what? You don't shovel the snow? <laughs> I was in Michigan. I was like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. no, no it's, it's it's awesome. Go after it. Well, and and I think that's a good point too. I think sometimes when you do have like a humble beginning, you know, and you do re- you do find out all this new stuff, you kind of want to make sure that you know what. Even if I don't get exactly where I want to be, I don't jump as as high as I maybe would like to. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. You know, I want to make sure that I put myself in the best situation I could have to perform as well as I could, you know, because that, that's super important. Like to me, it's like, I always bring up with like coaching. It's like, I love the coaches who might be like, you know, I don't like the way Bronco teaches this drill. I'm like, cool, bro. But you like never make it to warm ups on time. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like forget about technique, forget about anything. It's like, can we get to warm ups on time? Like that, that's, you know, that's important, you know? So it, it's, it, it's so crazy to me, but that, that's like, you know, I, I, I have kind of the same mentality as a coach. It's like, I want to make sure that, you know, like I've done everything in my power that I could have done to help my athletes, you know, from, you know, 
obviously packing every pole I possibly can in the bag, you know, just in case they have a huge day and they blow through everything or just in case maybe they're having trouble getting on their normal poles. I want to bring every pole. I want to make sure I have a tape measure. I want to make sure I bring, you know, some athletic tape. I want to make sure that we get to warm-ups on time. I, you know, just, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I want to eliminate anything that I can control, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, cause sometimes, I mean, if, at the end of the day, if you did, if you control everything you could control, if it's bringing the right poles, making sure there's spikes in your spikes, or, you know, getting eight hours of sleep the night before, and you still come up short, okay, you don't have to blame that, you know, those little things. You're like, okay, let's look back at the training. Okay, so I know that you can pinpoint what, where the problem is, and you can make going that step further, make, making yourself better, even more efficient. Right. You know, because it's not like, oh, I missed a pole, so how do I know I, I, you know, I didn't get a PR that day because of the pole, you know, right. it makes your thought process, but it's a lot easier moving forward, but, uh, <laughs> definitely my level of preparation has increased every single year, and I just can't help it, just because every single day I get up, and I'm like, what needs to be accomplished, and it's, it's just what I have to do, and it's not like I need to control every little aspect of my life. And no, I control it because if I don't segment my, my day, nothing's going to get done. And right. I'm going to be way more upset by the end of the day of not accomplishing what I wanted to versus me controlling everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just sometimes I can't leave the house. I'll be honest. Like, okay, keys. Okay, food. <laughs> and I do this mental checklist. I'm like, spikes, chalk. Okay, where are my tennis shoes? <laughs> I get her like, yeah. shoes off the wrong <laughs> shoes. I'm like, okay, this is not okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think also, you know, again, when you're someone that's like, you know, really going for it, you're a high achiever, you have a lot of goals, you have to build these systems and these processes so that you can make it through the day and handle all that workload. Cause even, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like when I first started coaching, if I would have thought the amount of hours I would put in the week coaching and all the things that I have to do as a coach, I wouldn't have been able to do that year one. You have to kind of build yourself up. And like you were kind of explaining with your, with your labs and training, it's like every year you added more, you know, you added more mm-hmm. and it's like, you have to work that up and, and without building a process and a system, it becomes difficult. You can't just juggle everything and just hope it works out. It's like you you have to have kind of like that, like you said, that checklist in the beginning of the day. Like, okay, what's happening today? What am I going to take care of? You know? And, you know, maybe if you get through all that, you have a couple extras. You know, that's gravy. That's that's extra. But, right? you know. You got you, that bonus. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, I, I mean, you know, it's just not possible otherwise. You know, that, that's why I, I think also, you know, Jack's like working with like a lot of high school kids too. You see that some of them, they can't make it through, through college because now without that, that system in check of, you know, being at home with parents, going to high school every day, going to practice, you know, now it's like the schedule is a little bit more up in the air. Then also maybe the studies get a little bit harder. Then, you know, they, they have a little bit more freedom and they're not getting stuff done, and that's where people flounder in college. And then post-collegiately, man, you see it big time. If, if that person does not have a network around them, they, they just have a tough time. And just working full-time and trying to jump is too much for them. 
you know? So it's like if you are going to be able to to handle a lot more, you have to have those systems in place, you know? Yeah, you definitely have those systems, but then you also have to be okay when the systems fail. Yeah. I mean, I could sit here on a piece of paper and craft out a beautiful day. Yeah. Like, yes, okay, like, you write thing, like, let's go, let's go tackle it. And then two hours in, just who knows what happens. You realize the weight room closes at this time, so you can't lift at this time, you have to go now. Or my right. body Some people that are listening to this podcast, when they listen, they're going to be like, wait a second. She gets all this done. She's talking about this, that. And then she's like, well, it's okay if you don't get anything done. They're like, wait, which is it? Which, where should I be? <laughs> but but it's it's that balance. I mean, because you're, you're absolutely right. Like, you, you have those systems in place. You try to get things done when you can. Like, you know, it's a funny story. Like, the other day, you know, so we got a little bit of bad weather the other day. And, you know, I had this all set of, like, things I was going to do at the club. Get, you know, get the inside of the club ready for the day. Like, do certain cleaning. Do some painting paperwork, get to some emails, do my workout and then go to attract me. And then I get to the club and it's like, whoever like the snowplow people were, they didn't do a good job. There were like sheets of ice in the parking lot. So it's like, all right, go to Home Depot, get a bunch of salt, salt the parking lot, you know, take care of that before I even get in the building, pack the pole back. It's like, I didn't get half the things done that I wanted to get done because like you said, I had to roll with the punches that day and just make sure I got the minimum things done, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's so funny. But, yeah, I mean, you're constantly playing that, that balance, you know? And for me, it's like this time of year, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get workouts in as much as I can, but it's like sometimes they slip. And you know what I've learned as far as the, the workouts? For me personally, and, again, I'm not jumping. I'm not trying to do anything crazy, but just stay in shape. But, like... I end up cutting out anything that I don't like just because at a certain point, if I'm that stressed out, it's like, if it's going to take me a half an hour to do my warm up because I'm like, I don't like it. I just cut it out and warm up differently and just get started with my workout. Cause I'm like, something is better than nothing. If, if the workout, if the warm up that has certain exercises in it is going to piss me off or get me anxiety and I'm not going to end up doing my workout, I'm just going to cut it out. Like, that's I. That's right. what I've figured out, you know? Right. I mean, you, you got to do what's best for you. And so, yeah, when it comes to anything, like, okay, these are my priorities. Right now, it's my workout and my lab. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so, one of those things, you just have to make sure you keep going. Like, sometimes in lab, I'll come in and everything's broken. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I can't do anything right now. So, I'm fixing these runabouts. Yeah. But 
you're never going to have a perfect day. It doesn't matter if I'm a full-time athlete or if I'm a full-time chemist. It's called yeah. life. Yeah. You know, it's, something's always going to come up. And honestly, think about training. Let's bring it back to track and field. Yeah. You, you know, it, it was 40, negative 40 here and negative 20 the other day. I didn't care. I brought in my heated blanket. I was freezing, but I was dedicated to get my workout in. So I sat there in 10 minutes with my blanket. Mm-hmm. I warmed up, and the body was warm. Even though it was cold in the track, I didn't yeah. care. I found a way in, and I was still working out because that was my priority. That's yeah. what I wanted and set out to do. Yeah. Even if the weather was crappy. Like, same thing with you. Yeah. You had a designated warm-up, but you said, I don't like this warm-up. Yeah. That's fine. Well, you have different goals, so you're going to make up a different warm-up that you do like. You know, and it's fine, and it's okay to do that, and it's okay to do things you don't like, too, because you kind of have to go with the process. Right, but, right. Sorry for the ramble. No, no, <laughs> no, no worries. Um, so, I, I mean, look... I feel like we covered a lot, um, and I would love to talk more, but I, I got to actually pack polls for tomorrow morning for a meet. Uh, but, but, um, Jack, yeah, so I, I'm so, so happy you did the podcast. This is so awesome. I, I know that a lot of people are going to get so much information out of this. And if nothing else, I know people are going to listen and be like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like it is tough. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Juggling studies and training and you know, all the other things that we talked about. So just thank you again. Um, is there any like last thought you want to leave people with? Uh, the last thought, probably what you just said is you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And whatever you think is crazy, you, you think it for a reason and follow your gut. Yeah. It's, it's okay to reach out to a mentor or a friend and be like, why don't I think this way? Can you, can you help me out why I think this way? And they're going to give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. And just go for it. And, yeah. You know, and we're all trying to get better here, and regardless. And it's okay if someone doesn't want to live the same life as you. Yeah. I'm okay if my one of my best friends doesn't want to be a pole vaulter. That's fine. Yeah. I still accept her and love her who, like who she is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all have our own path, and I just challenge everyone to go find it. Cause, <laughs> It's going to be fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm still finding mine. And you know what? Like, I, you know, and not to say that everybody's going to be super friendly and warm and fuzzy, but I feel like with social media, it's so awesome. Like, we can connect with so many of, like, pole vault community people that if, I'm telling you, if you just DM somebody, you never know what kind of answer you're going to get. There's going to be so many people that are willing to help out. And I, I, I feel like I tell people all the time, feel free, one, to contact, you know, us at apex but there's so many great people in pole vault that are more than happy to help one another you know and and i feel like there's definitely a network and a community out there for all all pole vaulters you know yeah i agree (laughs) well thank you so much for having me on the show no no problem and uh (laughs) again uh awesome episode thank you for anybody out there you know if you have any comments or questions it's just apexvaulting at gmail.com um thanks for listening